When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in and you can always read my work on ESPN.com. I have stories up now, one about uh, Adam Peters yesterday saying how nothing's been settled with the number two pick. And also today about the naming rights at well, used to be FedEx Field, now the stadium in the stadium formerly known as FedEx Field because the naming rights are no longer. That story is up on ESPN.com. At the end of this portion, I'm going to have at the end of this, I'm going to play an interview I did with offensive line coach Bobby Johnson. So if you want to skip right ahead to that, it's like the last four or five minutes of this session. Now, I'm going to repeat this because people always kind of say something. So I recorded these interviews just with my phone, no video. It's an audio interview because when I'm do, talking to somebody one-on-one, it's very awkward to be sitting there holding a camera up in their face as I'm on the other side. It, to me, it's not conducive to a good interview. That's why I record it this way. This is a bonus that I put on here because I figured audio is better than nothing if you're watching on YouTube. So, just get that disclaimer out of the way because it always somebody always says something and I get it. You want video? I would like that. If it's a group setting, I will use video whenever possible. In this situation, it's a short interview. So I figured, is it better to play the audio or is it better to play nothing? And I'd rather play the audio so you can at least hear the interview. So that again, that's at the end of it. And I get into a lot of things with Bobby and I'll get into that before I play the interview. Before I get there, I had a few things to cover, starting with Dan Quinn did an interview with the Junkies on Wednesday morning, and you know, I wanted to go over just one, there's one part of it in particular because it pertains to the quarterbacks, and I like what they did. They did a little word association with the quarterbacks, and they basically, they just bring up, a, well, actually, it was ordered, not just the quarterbacks, it was um, a couple of players from, from the commanders, and then the possible draft picks for the quarterbacks. Sorry, he said Terry McLaurin. They asked him Terry McLaurin. He said explosive, John John Allen, dominant. And then he they got to the quarterbacks, and it was um, uh, Drake May, said athletic. Caleb Williams, he said DC. Then for Jaden Daniels, he said game changer. Now, he also said, like, you know, you they don't know what they're going to do at this point. So to try and read too much into it would be going a little bit too far because as we stand here, as I'm recording this on February 28th, they don't know what they're going to do. This is, again, is a very deliberate group. I think they will go through the process. And again, one thing I learned during the coaching search is while the outside world thought they were in love with one guy, 
That was not the case. The way they were doing this, it was a very deliberate, thoughtful approach, more open-minded. And I think they're going to take the same thing. I believe they take the same thing with quarterback. Now, I will say for GM, they really liked Adam Peters. They went and got him. So yes, it is possible they have a guy they just really love. And they're not going to tell us. And that's fine too. But the point is, he said, he told them, you know, basically don't read too much into that. However, when you call Jaden Daniels a game changer, what are you looking for a quarterback? Well, you're looking for game changers. And, and Daniels has a lot of things that would lead you to go down that road. And one of the things, but let's look at some of this. So the other day when, when he was asked about what he looks for in a quarterback, he listed certain qualities. And I know he listed, you know, physical and mental toughness. Those were the top two that he mentioned. It was not arm strength. It was not athleticism. Those were the strength because if you don't have those two things, it's going to be hard to play quarterback in the NFL. And I know one of the guys that he's talked to about this is Joe Gibbs. And I remember asking, talking to Joe Gibbs about this way back in the day, and he would bring up toughness and smarts. I think like for him, arm strength, if I remember right, was about fourth or so on the list. Because if you're in the NFL, you're going to take it that you can make every throw. Now, to what level? It's another matter. But arm strength is not the top thing on the list. So when you look at that, it's, it was always physical. It was, for Gibbs, it was toughness and smarts were ahead of that. Accuracy is going to be up there too. And so for, for Quinn, that's what it was too, is physical and mental toughness, deep ball accuracy, because the explosive plays in this league are down the field. So you need a guy who can complete those passes on a fairly consistent basis, right? And then it was the escapability, the athleticism. That's where, so that's, those are the way he listed the traits when he was asked about it at the combine on Tuesday. So I think when you look at this, obviously a guy like Jane Daniels has the escapability. Drake May, if he's calling him athletic, which he is, he's a very good athlete. He would have that as well. Clearly, Caleb Williams has that too. So, the, you know, the physical and mental toughness, I mean, I think that's something you're going to evaluate over the course of this, you know, and talking to people and getting to know them and, it, you know, watching their film. You can see it, right? You know, the one thing, and I've talked about this before, talked about with Sam Fortier yesterday on, on the podcast with Jane Daniels, you know, I, I, I think he's going to need to be a little bit more, a little bit smarter with his running in the NFL but what you like is he always gets up and he doesn't shy away from, from some good contact. Although I think he's going to learn how to do that and you can be competitive and tough without being uh, reckless in that situation anyway. But I just find it interesting that he did refer to him as a game changer. And when you, when you, when you talk to defensive coaches, that's the kind of guy that scares you. Those guys who can, who are game changers and, um, that's what they look for. And it's it's funny because it's why when I remember talking to Rivera and Del Rio about this and you'd ask them what you, about quarterbacks they fear, it's always the guys who can make plays with their legs. And then they got Carson Wentz. So there you go. But I know like they looked at other guys too with that, but that's where they landed. That's a longer story and we don't need to go back into that. But I did find it interesting how Quinn, Quinn, describe the qualities looked for. And again, I know he's had conversations with Joe Gibbs about this. I think it was back, back in the day when he was in Atlanta that he talked to Gibbs before, because Gibbs had a relationship with Arthur Blank. So I think that, you know, that led to him talking to, to Gibbs at that point. Um, anyway, so I just found that interesting. I thought it was, a, you know, I, I, I think that's a good way sometimes to ask him because what do you see about him? And when you say one guy's athletic, one guy's from DC and one guy's a game changer, you know, does that mean they're going to draft him at number two? No, but I mean, 
We'll see. I think there's a good chance that they do. And there's a chance that they take Drake May. But I do think that that Daniels is a guy that really is very, very intriguing, <laughs> to say the least. The other thing he did say, too, and um, Adam Peters, and this is something we already knew, but I just felt like the answer that he gave to this, that Adam Peters would be the guy making the decision as to which quarterback to draft. Now, that part we knew would be the case. Now, knowing Peters, it's a collaborative effort, so it's not like he's going to say that Kingsbury's going to say this guy and Quinn's going to say the same guy, and, and then Peters would say, no way. I mean, typically you're going to you're going to listen to your coaches, and I think if you want that collaborative effort, that's what you do. Doesn't mean just you doesn't mean you just give them whatever they want if you think it's not the right guy for whatever reason. But I think if you have three guys over here saying this, I don't think Peters is going to go against them. But the bottom line is he does have it, and they asked him, they did ask him, you know, why about that, and his comment was, you put people in the role that they kick their kick ass at, and that's. That's Peters' is, is strength, is talent evaluation. And one thing, too, that Quinn, I think, learned from his Atlanta days is, again, not spreading yourself too thin. And some of that goes back to maybe having a little bit, um, not more power, but maybe um, he now as a GM has more say over the 53. I'll just say that. And I think that's something. So when in, with with Quint, with Peters, that's that's how it's going to be. And that's why he's here. And that's why they have the setup they do. And it's why they didn't go after some other coaches who would have required a lot more power. So I think that, but I thought, I just found that interesting the way he described those quarterbacks. And, and um, so there you go. Anyways, the other thing that I wanted to talk about too, is the rankings. The rankings came out um, from the NFLPA. It was their annual survey with, I think it was more than 1700 um, players and it's anonymous and each player, they just basically on a scale of one to five, how they rate the facilities and the treatment, et cetera. And they can expand on some answers and why, but Washington was, was dead last for the second year in a row. No surprise. It's a horrible outdated facility out in Ashburn. They know it. They've known it for a long time. The new group certainly knows it. And the whole holdup is, is right now is still the new stadium until you get that settled. They cannot move. They're not going to move out of their practice facility. So, and where that stands is as I'm recording this, there's, the House is talking about the bill with RFK and the district. It would still have to go through the Senate. Then you got to deal with the DC Council and in what goes on there. I do, I do know that they're going to wait and be very patient with this process because I think they really want to see what can the district do. Can the district actually pull it off? Because if they can, that's a game changer. There we go, game changer. That's a Jaden Daniels for them. It's a game changer. And, and, and so, you know, and if nothing else, it gets three local lo localities involved in the process, which then makes, gets them perhaps a better shot to get a better deal somewhere. But I do think if you want the district, you're going to sit there and let, make it, let it play out. Cause you, what, what I, what they also, the signal they don't want to send to the fans is, Hey, the district just too, took too long. They want to see, can the district do it? and then go from there So um, and give them every opportunity because I think they, not just for the district, but for the fan base. I think they understand what it would mean to the fan base to go back down to that re area, not to the stadium because the stadium's a dump now. It was back then, but the stadium is, is we torn down sometime this year, I believe, 
And then, um, but anyway, so this whole process could take another year. So for the practice facility, once they decide the stadium locale, then they can start working on the, on the practice facility. And like, if they go down to the district, they'll, they'll build a practice facility somewhere else in, in Virginia. If they go to Maryland, then we'll see what happens. Like I, they, um, the commanders get a cut from the sports book, but you own from in Virginia, but you can only get that if you're headquartered in Virginia. But if Maryland gives them a deal that gives them more money than what they're getting from the sports book, maybe they, all the operations go over there. So I think, but, but once you know the locale of the stadium, you can then plan accordingly for your practice facility. And so that we still might be looking at about three years or so before they can move into a new practice facility. And so they have to live with it. But here are the grades. Treatment of families, F minus. Um, that, that also goes to the stadium as well, how they handle things there with the families where for daycare, et cetera, et cetera. It's not the most, it's not a modern stadium. It's a hard place to really, um, it's a hard place to find areas where you can accommodate all that they would need to do to make it better. And so it's just going to have to make it a little bit better than what it is. But that grade is probably always going to be fairly low because it's just not a good stadium and they're going to be there for another seven years. Uh, food and cafeteria, D+. I will say, I think, and I don't know, I, what I know is the players I've talked to have always talked about the food and how much they liked it and how much it is improvement. And I will say, having eaten there, I really like the food. Shout out to Chef Connor because I think he does a good job, especially with the salmon. I really like that when I've eaten there. And I've only eaten there a few times, but it's always been good. So, and, but it's, it's also in a, it used to be a gym um, where they eat. So that's, it's not exactly cozy. It's not the greatest um, uh, cafeteria style, but the food to me has always been pretty good. And again, I haven't heard players complain about the food, but the building itself is just bad. And so it's going to get low marks across the board. Nutritionist slash dietitian, B minus locker room, F minus. Yeah, not a surprise. I'm in there all the time. It's small, and and I will say, folks, it's a lot better than it was because it's at least it's refurbished. Um, it, but it was again, I always say in, in real estate terms, it would it'd be, I guess, charming because but it is small. And so, you know, when you have like you can't do things with like they like to play cornhole in there. Well, it's in the middle of the locker room. Well, it's hard to do that because it's just there's so many people around and you're having to kind of constantly kind of walk around there and it's just not a lot of room to stretch out. And then you get when you get a lot of the media in there and you get, you know, 53 players plus practice squatters. That's a lot. So it is not conducive to a a very good setting. So again, that's going to stay the same unless they're somehow able to expand it, which I don't know how you do it because it's been the same since it's been open um, in 1992. Strength and tr strength training staff, A, and, and that's not a surprise. They, 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 love, um, they love the strength coach. And so that uh, Chad, Chad Englehart, and, and they've always liked him. He's a guy that other teams would take in a heartbeat. They've been able to keep him here. Uh, weight room, C, it's been upgraded, but it's still, and they actually expanded a little bit in um, – uh, so training room F minus training staff F a big part of that is a number of beds and, and, and not being able to get their treatment in time or not, not, you know, not again, not having enough beds to get treatment and maybe not enough staff. If you're giving it an F, I don't know that it reflects the quality of it as much as it is. Um, and I don't know this, I'd have to talk to players about that aspect, but this is me just surmising it because the staff was new 
um, over the last year, Al Bellamy, who was, who was here way back in the Gibbs days um, or the, you know, in the nineties um, is now the head, head, head athletic trainer. But, and they've increased the staff, but I still think you need to get it up to speed, but it's also a number of beds in that facility team travel F <laughs> head coach C. Well, that was with Rivera and then ownership B. And I think all that, some of that is going to go up. I think the head coach and the ownership will probably go up. Now ownership was partially um, Josh Harris, but he didn't take over till July. And I think it's going to be, we'll see what kind of improvements they can make at the stadium, at the facility to enhance the player. I mean, they are very, very big on enhancing fan experience of the stadium, player experience overall, because they know you know, there's this thing as we go on. It used to, listen to get a good free agent. These guys don't even go visit these places anymore. So to think that it, it prohibits them from getting somebody, it back in the day they would go visit. To, who's talk to the agent? Who's giving me the best offer? Is it a place I want to go? Yes. Okay, then go. But they're not going there looking. I think it's usually you sign the deal, you get there. It's like oh. Um, so, but you still want, you want people to stay there. You want people to feel they're being treated right and treated well. And again, I think I've told you with Snyder, one of the things that, that other coaching staffs would talk about, like they realized he would not spend other than on things that, you know, the splashy things, the player salaries, right? That's what he would spend on. But the infrastructure and keeping people there happy, keeping players there happy with how things were in the building was never a, was not a priority for him. Um, so that, and, and the result is what we have, um, to, what they have, um, I say, we like I'm out there all the time. So it's not my, it's not my facility. So, um, but anyway, so I think that's, I'll be curious to see how that progresses and improves under Josh Harris. There's so much this group has to do. And they they had on Tuesday announced the $75 million in improvements for at FedEx. You're going to have to still invest some more in this stuff. You're putting together coaching, you put together coaching staff, you're doing this, you're doing that. They're they're looking for a stadium. So for people who wonder, um, and and now they're looking, you know, now for a couple months, they've now been looking for a new sponsor for the stadium name. Because again, FedEx told them about this before the end of the season. So this just came out today, but it's been known to them for two months. And so it, they could have a new a new sponsor within four months or so. Um, we'll see. But anyways, so they've got a lot on their plate. So all everybody talking who keeps bringing up name change, and not as many of you are doing that now, but occasionally you definitely see it. This is why they're not attacking this now. Like they know what their priorities are. And while they would like to, they want the fans to feel great, um, the fan experience at the stadium is a bigger priority. The taking care of the players and all that is a bigger priority for them. And you, you know, for people who think, well, you can do walk and chew gum at the same time. This is not the same thing. Like these things are massive priorities and take massive attention and focus. So that way you can, you, you know, that, that name thing, that's a couple of years away. If it, if it ever gets discussed again or brought up or changed, but it's still, you know, don't, I would not expect that for, for a couple more years um, to, you know, if, if, if it ever gets to that point. And um, cause again, they have a lot of things that they need to talk about before getting to, or not just talk about to take care of that are to them are much bigger priorities and it's, it requires a big investment in all over the place. It's not just a time thing. It's also time and money 
which is, you know, so you can only do, you're only going to tackle so many of those uh, topics at one time. And they have some that are massive priorities right now that can are more conducive to, again, fan experience at the stadium and then trying to help this franchise do what it hasn't done for a while, even when it was called the Redskins for the last however many years, is build a winner. So there you go. Anyways, now in a couple of minutes, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to play my interview with Bobby Johnson. A couple of things on this. One, I did talk to him about the, obviously I talked to him about the Giants days and I did ask him about like, you know, there's a ton of sacks and did you feel like you were the fall guy? You know, what did you think about how things went up there? And I thought it was interesting because like he took accountability for whatever he did or didn't do. It didn't go well. The bottom line is it's a results oriented league. If you don't have the results, you don't keep the job. And we've seen that all the time. The one part I find, the couple of things I find interesting in this whole situation is when um, like these, this staff or Darnell Stapleton, who was hired as assistant O-line coach, is considered a good, very good developer of linemen. If that is not, an, a, a, one of the things I heard about Johnson is that it wasn't, that was not necessarily his strength. And so, but it is a strength of Stapleton. That's a good thing. Like you have one guy who's really good in this area, get another guy who's really good in that area, and then you can build a better situation. I don't think they were doing that the last several years. Um, and um, anyways, enough on that. But I think it, I thought, I also found it interesting that one guy who returned to, to Washington this off season, and it's not a big name signing, but I thought it was indicative of something is that it's Mason Brooks. Now, his agent is Andy Ross. Andy Ross has a reputation for being very good with linemen and knowing where to place them. Like he loved Bill Callahan. So the fact that Brooks came back here, I thought was interesting because I don't think he's going to have him come back. And listen, Mason Brooks may never amount to being a starting offensive lineman or anything. And it's not even about what his talent is or isn't. It's about where the agent got him. Because I don't, you know, I know Andy Ross, I've known him long enough, know his thought process with how he picks teams for his linemen, that if he didn't think this was a good situation for Mason Brooks to develop, I don't think he would have put him back here. And, you know, and I know like he was, he took a while to to sign a futures contract because he wasn't sure if he would want, this was going to be the best place for him. He wanted to see how the the, the staff developed, et cetera. And so, again, I thought that was telling. Again, Mason Brooks may never do anything. And I know it's funny because he kind of became a hot name this summer because of one, uh, a couple one-on-one -on -one reps. You know, people want to see him. That I would say the rest of the summer, it, what, he did not stand out. And he looked like a guy who definitely needed to be on the practice squad and continue to develop, but a guy that I think is worth developing from the practice squad and could elevate his game in a year or two, right? So I think that's why it's a good thing for this guy to be back. And that's why I think it's interesting that that I, I for Andy Ross to want his client to be back here, um, knowing that um, you know, that it didn't go well for Johnson in New York. The other part of that is Brian Dayball and Dan Quinn, I believe, are you know, pretty good. And I don't think that Quinn would have hired him without some assurance from Dable about what he was getting. So it always makes me wonder then whose decision was it to not retain him with the Giants. But anyways, he's here and we have that conversation. I felt like, again, he was accountable for what, what he did. He got, he got fired. That's accountability. But I think he also didn't run from it. And I think one of the things with this staff is when you would talk to them, I think there is a, um, 
a very much a, a, some more a, some self awareness. Now let's see if this continues because it's all great to be self aware in February and March. Let's see how it is after the season, through the season, and then after um, if things don't go well. But that's how it is right now. Anyways, that's enough babbling from me. Um, so here's my conversation with new offensive line coach Bobby Johnson. I'm just curious for you, like what's it mean to be here and. New group. Well, I'm excited to be in the DMV. I'm excited to be with this group of guys. I mean, this is a great staff, a lot of different experiences, a lot of different backgrounds. You know, my personal belief is always I want to keep growing as a coach. Right. I don't want to be that old, crusty line coach. I want to keep <laughs> growing. And the way to do that is get fresh ideas from other people from other backgrounds. You know what I mean? So, you know, heck, you got Anthony Lynn, who's a you know coaching veteran who just came from you know a team that was in the Super Bowl. Right. You know, I mean, Brian Johnson. You know, Cliff, you know, Dave, I mean, the names go on and on. You know what I mean? So it was very exciting to me. Plus, DQ, energy, energy on top of energy and coaching against him. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 an exciting place. Um, provides a spark, provides some energy, you know, and, and this, this is already a hard job. <laughs> you know, every week is hard. You know, it makes it a lot easier when there's a lot of energy, a lot of positive energy, you know. That, that that goes a long way in this profession. How, what was the experience like in New York? Because that first year went pretty good, mm -hmm. and then injuries and all that. And last year, we all you know we know what happens. Yeah. Like, what was that experience like for you? Well, it, you know, you're always going to have injuries in this league. Right. It's going to happen. It's not a matter of if; it's just when. Sure. Um, it was just the perfect storm of it started early, and it was a lot. It wasn't just one guy. It was every week. It was two guys. You know, maybe three guys. And it just continued, and it continued. And it was one of those ones where it was just, you couldn't really get from, up from under it. And being in a place like New York, there's a lot of scrutiny. And, and, and yeah. that's what it is. Right. You know, that's part of the job. Um, you know, I tried not, you know, to never shy away from it and, you know, face the adversity head on. And it was just one of those ones where just by time we kind of got it leveled out, it was too late. Yeah. You know, and, and it, when you step back and look at it from a two-year perspective, Perfect, absolutely perfect scenario the first year. Yeah. You start off seven and two and nice and hot and things go your way and you kind of, you know, you weather the storm late and make it into the playoffs and you get a win. Boom. And then next year the expectations are even higher, even though the roster, you know, relatively the same. And then you get crushed with injuries. Yeah. So it, but that's this league. And I hate to ask it like this, yeah. and I don't mean any disrespect by no. this, but did you feel like a fall guy because of what happened? I mean, no. Here, here's. Here's a perspective I take, and I've been asked this question, so I did not take it disrespectfully. Okay. This is a results-based business. And if you take a step back and look at it, my group, which is led by me and I'm responsible for, didn't produce at a level that was expected. Well, in this league, when you don't do that, there are consequences. And that's what happened. You know, I don't take it personal. I don't look at it as, hey, uh, it's all pinned on me. Well, what about that guy? Learn from it, grow, move on. So what do you learn and where, where do you hope to grow from that experience? My big thing is walk, looking at it going, hey, you've got to make sure, because like I said, it's not if injuries, it's when. Sure. you got to make sure you're developing guys waiting in the wings that the drop-off isn't as drastic. Right. Um, you got to hope that you don't have the multiple every week. That was kind of an anomaly. 
Yeah. But you got to be able to weather, like, hey, what's going to happen if we're going to spend three weeks without, you know, you're starting left tackle? Hey, what's going to happen if your starting center's out for, you know, an extended period of time? Hey, what are you going to do if, you know, how are you going to shuffle it? How you So create better depth, create better position flexibility. Hey, you're – Find a way to get your best five on the field. It doesn't always mean, hey, if a position goes down, you just put the next guy in line. And it may mean shuffling. Um, so how do you get your best five on the field and maintain a high level of chemistry as possible? And that's what I learned from it. And that's what, you know, there's going to be some things I try to do to foster that so that I don't find myself in that same situation that I was in a year ago. Thanks a lot. No Appreciate problem. it, man. Anytime. Nice, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bobby for joining me. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll be back on Friday with another episode as the combine continues to heat up and we hear things throughout the league and got more things to talk about and more interviews to play. So I'll talk to you next time.